0: Hello and welcome to the Belmont Journal, Belmont's very own source for hyperlocal news and community updates. I'm Mike Crowley, your host this week. If you've been following the news, you're probably wondering about eastern equine encephalitis or Triple E. And are we at risk here in Belmont? According to the health department, the risk here in Belmont at the moment is low, but it is, but Triple E is present. Residents should take some precautions including wearing pants, long sleeves, as well as using insect repellent when outdoors. And also be aware of the time of day because mosquitoes are most active between the hours of dusk and dawn. You can find more information on Belmont's Health Department website. There's a big change of foot on Bartlett Avenue, especially for residents who are afoot. The town has installed new sidewalks to increase safety and accessibility for everyone who walks there. Roger Colton met with Glenn Clancy, our Community Development Director,
1: who tells us more. The sidewalk and curbing project on Bartlett Avenue was really probably the first representation of uh, implementing a curbing policy. From 2009 through the 2017 construction season, the policy in place for the pavement management program was you fix the street. You address the accessibility issues at corners with ramps uh, but there was no budget for curbing, there was no budget for sidewalk Um, and so you would go in, you'd fix a roadway, that would be the extent of the work that you do. Uh, Bartlett Avenue was, was one of the roads where uh, the flaw in that policy I guess was exposed in that um, there were no existing grass shoulders for a majority of the roadway and so when you get through fixing the road repaving that road you've got a nice asphalt road but unfortunately you have asphalt shoulders you have asphalt sidewalk and so visually as you look down a Bartlett Avenue after reconstruction you're looking at a sea of asphalt essentially from front lawn to front lawn across that roadway. I couldn't be more pleased with uh, with the way that Bartlett Avenue came out, I think we really we really hit the goal here. Um, brand new sidewalk concrete sidewalk which improves pedestrian mobility we added sidewalk in sections where sidewalk had not previously existed so from a mobility and a continuity point of view um, we've improved that pedestrian experience along Bartlett Avenue now we have a shoulder that we can plant trees in if we want you know to to, to really help improve uh, not only the aesthetics of the roadway but you know some kind of functionality with tree planting and public shade tree and the benefits that they bring uh, the grass shoulder, to me, the, the primary purpose and the most important thing about that grass shoulder is it provides a buffer for, for pedestrians between the sidewalk and the roadway. Um, it's a, vis- a visual cue for both the pedestrian and the motorist. Uh, it provides a separation between uh, you know where both activities are occurring. So another one of the benefits of you know, re-establishing the shoulder, protecting it with a curb treatment, is that you now are forcing vehicles to stay in the roadway. Um, that's a, an, another added benefit because um, you know, As a pedestrian, before you, before you do something like this, as a pedestrian, it's an uncomfortable feel for you, first of all, to be walking along a roadway that doesn't have that buffer. The added challenge is that you know, as you're walking along that roadway, you now you know, run, the, run the risk of running into a parked vehicle because the vehicle, because there's no constraint, there's nothing to keep that car in the roadway, they'll pull right up on the shoulder and sometimes, in some cases, right up on the sidewalk. Um, So an added benefit of adding the curb treatment is to keep the vehicles in the roadway where they belong when they're parked. It's a success all around as far as I'm concerned.
0: Welcome to This Week in the Citizen Herald, and I'm joined in the studio by Joanna Juvelis, Senior Multimedia uh, Journalist with the Citizen Herald and Wicked Local Belmont. Welcome, Joanna, how are you?
2: I'm wonderful, how are you? All right,
0: so so let's talk about the skating rink.
2: Okay, so there's a lot of talk about the skating rink because as everyone knows, the Skip Figlerolo skating rink is failing.
0: It's on its last legs. It's, on its
2: last legs. So the town is getting ready to send out a request for proposal for a public-private partnership to secure a private developer to build, operate and maintain the rink. This is huge. This is like history the, in Belmont.
0: And, and 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 part of the reason for going down this path is simply the cost of construction where the town is now in terms of its finances
2: exactly we don't have the money but there is a lot of concern about the timing of this because of the Belmont High School project happening but they have to they they said we have to at least try and see what happens so they have a draft of an RFP and a lease Mm -hmm. which is available for people to look at online you can go to the town website and you can see it it's 50 pages long but I think it's worth looking at it is and then there are several important dates to make note of one Mm -hmm. is a public hearing on September 16th where residents can go and learn about this RFP and and lease and weigh in on it they want public input
0: right and this will be 7 p.m. at the Beach Street Center
2: right and then there's two other opportunities where the public can can voice their opinion Mm -hmm. or comments Uh, September 23rd there's a select board meeting 7 p.m. in the town hall and the school committee meeting on September 24th which is always in the Chenery community room So what's important to know is that the school committee is expected to vote September 24th because technically the school committee owns the property, so it's their decision.
0: The school's on the property and.
2: Right, but they're working very closely with the select board. So the select board's also going to vote. Mm -hmm. And then on September 25th, they're going to send out this RFP. And then October 30th, they hope to have some responses in hand, and then there's a very quick timeline between October 30th and the November 13th special town meeting where they're hoping to secure, to have a finalist that town meeting will ultimately vote on, and then November 26th, the school committee and select board will hopefully vote on a contract. But there's a lot of of info here that I've left up.
0: Very fast process. Yes, very fast. And a lot of hope that we'll find someone interested in doing the project. Well,
2: what's important to know is when you look at the RFP in the lease that the town has left no stone unturned. They want to make sure that the town, the recreation and high school is getting the hours they'll need for the rink and um, there's just a lot of, um, there's a very strong selection criteria sure. that they're going to choose the finalists from such as they want to make sure that they still have 110 parking spaces and three JV fields. Mm-hmm locations for those, as well as two throwing circles. So there's a lot of criteria that these respondents have to meet to even become a finalist. So we'll see what happens okay. with that.
0: So let's talk about the the intersection at Sycamore and Lexington. Yes,
2: the, the intersection that's known as being a dangerous intersection, and where a young mother was killed while crossing in the crosswalk on her way to work last year. Really tragic. It is very tragic and so the town since then has done a lot to um, increase pedestrian bicycle safety because of the concerns voiced by people in these neighborhoods where mm-hmm. there's a lot of dangerous intersections and what they did is they did a traffic study they did a study to see if that intersection warrants a traffic light mm-hmm. and of course and the results are, yes, it does. It does warrant a traffic okay. light. They have a design in hand. The Transportation Advisory Committee is recommending this design. Okay. The select board ultimately have to make the decision.
0: So w- do we expect that they'll be voting on this soon?
2: I don't have a date, but I do expect that it will be soon. There is funding, I believe, that David Rogers, State Rep. David Rogers, got to put That's towards right. this. That's right. Not to pay for the mm-hmm. whole thing, but a good amount, I think mm-hmm. 100000 to help pay for it, maybe even one hundred fifty. Um, but residents are still very concerned about speed. Yes. They're concerned about traffic backup. They're concerned about noise that the traffic signal will make for visually impaired pedestrians. But the town said this is really the best thing to do to make it safer for pedestrians, especially with this tricky left hand turn, which is what killed um, Sachi Thanawala if someone was turning left from right. Sycamore onto Lexington.
0: All right, well, let's let's hope that the process goes well and that we get a traffic light installed soon. Thanks so much, Joanna. You're welcome. And we'll talk to you next time. <laughs> welcome to This Week in the Belmontonian. And I have with me Franklin Tucker, editor of the Belmontonian. How are you, Franklin?
3: Just fine, thank you. It's raining outside,
0: but I made it here. And, which is the big surprise. Yeah, I know. So, so police chief search, what, What's what's... What what's up with that?
3: Well, it's it's a rather interesting uh, process. Uh, they um, the uh, um Screening Committee uh, had their first meeting last week, and they pretty much uh, laid out the uh, um, how they're going to be going about looking for a chief. Uh-huh, because, um, because
0: our current chief, Chief McLaughlin, is retiring at the end of December?
3: That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need somebody quickly. Okay. <laughs> uh, right now, what, what's going forward is a process of where we're going to be looking at internal candidates. And, and right now, there are five. Oh, we have five internal candidates. That's right. Oh, that's they, interesting. I, it's not really uh, public knowledge, but if you just ask around, it's like the worst kept secret in Belmont. You know, you know who the who these guys who these people are, mm-hmm. and uh, they're all very well-known, and they're, ver- they, 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 they're all well-respected well, well respected in town. So I think it's going to be a process where, uh, in the next couple of weeks, the um, screening committee is going to be talking individually uh, in executive session to each one of these candidates. Okay. And um, they'll be asking them about their um, one-year plan. That's something that they had to put in, in their... Um, in their application, um, and then they'll go and ask them s- several questions, many of which will be done by the consultant. Um, okay. And uh, uh, there has been a little bit of um, not a dispute in in the in the in the uh, screening committee, uh, and that had to do with uh, should we open it up to outside um, uh, people?
0: Because the question is, if we're going with an internal candidate, are we locking ourselves into? into a, a, a certain culture when perhaps we we ought to be keeping a, um, a, an open mind about other people who may bring other skills and other viewpoints
3: that's right and and and, and some of the people who were there also made the point that uh, Chief McLaughlin was, uh, came from Arlington uh-huh. you know even though he was a, a longtime Belmont resident and the the uh, one of the people who brought that uh, aspect up was uh, one of the people in the screening committee who is the police chief in Natick and he says I he'd been a police chief elsewhere and each time he was an external candidate what okay. that does is it brings a, a fresher th- thinking to it he may look at um, you know how People are set up in, in, a, in, a, in a culture, like you said. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 going to be a rather interesting thing. So what's going to happen is that uh, the board of selectmen or the select board uh, has asked for at least two candidates, and okay. then they will select between those two candidates. Now, if those two candidates aren't what the board, uh, what the select board are looking for, then we go external.
0: Okay, so it's the select board that's ultimately making that decision. That's about, correct. Okay. All right. Well we'll see what happens but the decision (laughs) will have to be made you know relatively soon yeah okay so um there's a question about artificial turf (laughs) at the new uh middle and in high school that's under construction
3: that's right there's there's been a, uh, a as you know as, as a member of the, uh, sure. of the, of the school uh, committee what, what happened is that they're looking for a, um, a turf field a second turf field that will be called the rugby field uh, that will be right next to the, the field house uh, what has been decided is that uh, we're gonna kick that can down the road for a year <laughs> it really right, so. is one of those situations where the school committee agreed with the building committee, who is building that, uh-huh. that it, you know, we will just, they, like they said, we we are going to bring this your concerns, which are about uh, health concerns, of especially about the crumb rubber, in, rubber involving
0: what kind of infill is used on on the artificial turf field.
3: That's correct, and uh, basically they said we'll we'll, we'll we, we we've heard you, we will bring this back, and in about a year from now when we actually fund this, we will come back with, with, a, with a decision. And I think that was the, the plan all along, you know. They, it, was a, it was a good deal for both sides. All right, well, thank you so much, Franklin. Thank you. Here's some
0: concerning news. Belmont High School's head football coach, Jan Kuman has been diagnosed with skin cancer. But the diagnosis doesn't change how he's approaching the start of the football season. He plans to keep going and he's pushing all of his athletes and he's a bright, shining example to all of us. It goes without saying that we wish him all the best and for a speedy recovery. Joanna Juvelis spoke with him. I was
4: diagnosed with squamous cell carcinoma in June. Um, I had a full neck dissection. Uh, doctor took 64 lymph nodes in my tonsils, two tumors, one from my tonsils and one uh, out of a lymph node here. Um, caught it early, stage one. I've been in radiation. I got eight more, eight more treatments now. Two weeks left of radiation, um, you know, and just trucking forward, one day at a time. I'm really grateful to be able to get, be out here on the football field with my guys and uh, coach this game. I'm really lucky to have their support and the support of my staff and my family um, with what's been a tough, a tough few months. See, yeah, uh, that last one was sitting like out here, and that one finished kind of down in this Chesco region. There it is. Awesome. Now back up five yards, Brody. Same drill. Same girl. There it is Broderick. Get more vertical. Very nice Avery. Love it. Don't worry about the spiral. It will come. There it is. Awesome. Hold Avery.
5: It blows.
6: Coach Keith's done a lot for me, you know, he's, he's kept me safe. You know, it's always good to have a routine, so it lifts. He's like a father to most of us, so, you know, when again, when he had, when we all found out he had cancer, it really hit most of us seniors hard because, you know, we have known him for four years, and we've created bonds in the offseason, and he just knows us so well. So he's like a father figure to us, so honestly, he means a lot to most of us. And I mean, I
4: just I just love the atmosphere on Friday night at Harris. You know, we got the best marching band in the state, so the marching bands out. We got a great cheerleading court there out, you know, the tailgate barbecue smoke is going. I mean, it's high school football. You know, when I came here, (coughs) there weren't a ton of people in those stands, you know, and now pretty much every home game we're we're sold out. And, And that's just something that's truly special. You know, once we got that going, Belmont really got behind all of us. So it's a tight knit community. Everybody knows each other. Um, it's a really great place to be a to be a coach and to be a football coach. I'm blessed with great young men. You know, we're just coming out every day, and the work ethic is fantastic. And like I said, the attitude is fantastic. So, um, you know, we're really enjoying the culture that we've been able
2: to build. Here.
6: What I'm looking to most is, you know, the success that I know we will have because of the the effort we've put in, this, in the off season. And then now, you know, it's all about effort. You know, if you don't have effort, you're not going to go anywhere. So. Just, I'm excited to get on the field
3: Friday nights with the boys, it's, there's nothing like it, honestly.
0: Belmont just celebrated its second annual Porch Fest, which was a great success. And something new this year was a bike valet service to help people bicycle to the grand finale at PQ Park operated by mass bike and sponsored by our very own roger colton and his wife anne luger the belmont journal was there to talk with mass bike about the valet service and its advocacy to increase bike riding
5: so we're here at belmont porch fest uh doing bike valet so that folks who show up to enjoy the music and enjoy the company of their neighbors uh don't have to feel like they have to drive if it's not convenient. Uh, you can just park your bike and we'll watch it. Uh, my name is Tom Francis. I'm with MassBike. I'm Deputy Director. Uh, Mass Bike is the statewide for Massachusetts uh, Bike Advocate. One of the things that Bike Valley does is uh, if you're an event doesn't have a whole lot of space for parking uh, or doesn't have uh, access to um, public transportation, uh, it's a great way to have people show up. A lot of times, there's not enough space uh, for people to park bikes. If you look here to leave your bike, you'd have to lock it up to the, the fencing around the uh, uh, around the park. I'll like Coat check, we'll okay. take a first name and a cell phone. And okay. at the end of the night, we have too many bikes. So a so bike Valley service is just like a uh, coat valet at a fancy restaurant. Um, you know, essentially, it runs on racks, tape, and tickets. Uh, what you do is you fill out a ticket, we usually take one, a first name and a cell phone. Uh, sometimes we end up with too many bikes at the end of the night. I don't think that'll be the case here. We just rack the bikes up. They hang by the seat post, or by the seat um, on the edge of the racks and uh, that way they don't get bumped, uh, they don't get um, jostled and it's, uh, it's a great way to leave your bike. When you have an event and people show up by bike, nobody while they're driving next to each other in a car Stop and say, "Hey, you going to Porch Fest? Did you see this stuff over on Grant Street?" Uh, on a bike, you'll just talk to people, uh, make eye contact, have a, a lot more um, interaction with your neighbors and the other people at the event, even people who aren't biking. So it's it's a great thing. I'm always surprised at how many people show up. Uh, with kids in tow uh, for bike valet events and the kids ride and sometimes it's a trailer sometimes they ride their own bikes Uh, it's um, it's an activity that you can do uh, for your entire life and it's um, easy to do for your entire life it's just a lot of fun to ride a bike and there's a lot of opportunities here in Belmont Um, side streets uh, bike pads uh, bike lanes that you can get around uh, it's easy to do um, despite the hills of, of Belmont um, so getting out on the bike is just a lot of fun.
0: Belmont's two scub Scout packs had their annual family sign-up event at the Chennery Field this past weekend. Scout leader David Amello explains to the Belmont Journal what scouting offers to the kids as well as to the parents.
6: When we were kids, everybody went outside, you went to the park, you rode your bike. They don't do that now. But Cub Scouts will give you that break away from electronics. They'll
1: enjoy themselves
6: in in a way that, in activities that they might not do otherwise. They'll learn uh, first aid. Uh, one of the activities that they do at a certain level is getting out of your, your house in an emergency. They draw, draw a, a little diagram. Defense. It gets them to think about it. And that's what say, Cub Scouts is. will do as well, is just get them, introduce them to these different activities that's not electronic, that will get them to think about it. Uh, okay. Cub Scouts, unlike a sports activity, is as much for the child as it is for the parent. Sports activities, you're a spectator. The coach will take over, and a lot of coaches put their souls into their activities. Your and, um, Cub Scouts will allow a parent to be there and work on activities with with your child. It's, it's really hands-on as opposed to spectators. We have websites is pack 377.com and pack 384.com. And the Girl Scouts uh, have their websites. you can Google Girl Scouts. You can fill out the um, online registration and we'll put you on the mailing list and then you'll start to receive emails regarding pack times, the, the, the pack meeting. Um, and the den meetings. The parents are going to see their kids grow. We have a lot of activities, school, sports, but Cub Scouts is an activity that a child has something different to do every month. There's a different project, a different activity that you're going to see them smile and be proud of.
0: And now it's time for our community calendar with Jane Peters, who tells us all about what's happening and what you can look forward to in Belmont this week.
7: Hi everyone, I'm Jane and this is your community calendar for next week. Habitat's Meadow is full of a symphony of sounds in the heart of September. Take a walk to the meadow and listen to all types of nature's music in Habitat's Going to Look for Crickets program on Tuesday at 10. Register for this and other programs at massautobahn.org. The Arlington Council on Aging and Beach Street Center are hosting their Love is Love party on Tuesday at 4.30. Mix, mingle, and share your love stories at this welcoming event celebrating love however you define it. Do you have an hour or two to spare each month? Do you enjoy helping your friends and neighbors? The Belmont Council on Aging is launching a volunteer driver program in response to the overwhelming need for senior transportation. Drop in on Tuesday anytime between 3 and 5 to learn more about how to volunteer with the program. The library's book discussion group meets on Wednesday at 3 to discuss Shanghai Girls by Lisa C. The group meets on the third Wednesday of every other month, no registration required. And you can get a head start on November 20th's book, The Other Einstein, by Marie Benedict, now. You can see books and meeting dates for all of the library's book clubs, including a classics book club, cookbook club, and more, on the library's website. Pinecones and Needles and Paladin Dolls are teaming up for a doll-making workshop on six consecutive Wednesday evenings starting next week. Students will create their own Waldorf-inspired 14-inch doll with your choice of skin, eye, and hair color, and style. Cushing Square's annual Fall Festival is Saturday, September 21st, from 11 to 4. The festival will be host to rides, a beer garden, face painting, a petting zoo, local food, beer and wines, and more. Bring the whole family down to celebrate the start of fall. Belmont Books has more than books on Sunday at 9.30. Kids ages two to six can join in a free yoga class with Groundwork Yoga and Wellness. Adults are welcome to participate with their children. Sign up is required. A maximum of 12 children will be able to sign up. And that's all for next week. If you'd like your event featured in Belmont Journal's community calendar, you can send your event info to jane at belmontmedia.org.
0: I'm Mike Crowley, this is the Belmont Journal,